This podcast is part of the Listen Frederick Podcast Network. To learn more, visit listenfrederick.com. What's up, everybody? It's episode 87 of Beers in the Lot. In this one, we talked about Austin Matthews and his sneaky extra gears. We talked about Minnesota State and Denver in the NCAA championship game. And we talked a little bit about the playoffs and how it seems like everything kind of turns upside down stat-wise in the last couple months of the season. But first, Daniel has a burning question to ask us. Here he is now. You guys ready to crack some beers? Let's do it. Oh, it smells great. Mine tastes great. What smells so good over there, Riggs? So, Daniel was kind enough to schlep back a four-pack of King Julius from Treehouse for me when he went a couple weeks ago. Oh, yeah. So, nice. he finally turned it over to me before <laughs> OFBG last night, and uh, I decided I would be the Treehouse guy tonight. And... King Julius smells delicious and tastes delicious. It has a great color to it. Amazing. Yeah. It's awesome. And since uh, Daniel brought this to me, what does Danny have tonight? So I brought a beer from the uh, first stop on my trip uh, from Trogues. I'm drinking a Nugget Nectar. Also a good beer. And uh, yeah, it's good stuff. What do you got there tonight, Aaron? I've got, from Mountain State Brewing Company, a Cold Trail Blonde Ale. Ooh. American Blonde, generous doses of oats and wheats. Oh, and Bavarian Hollertau Hops. I was thinking <laughs> that it was like, this is a little, little bit, I could get some hops, but not like a lot of hops. But it's good, a few. you know? Just a couple of hops. <laughs> Just a hop or two, you know? <laughs> no, but it's good. It's like the right amount of hoppy for me. Like, it doesn't overpower me. I like it. Anyway, yeah. what do you got, John? I'm drinking a repeat uh, Clyde May uh, bourbon whiskey. I am on the road on the East Coast. <laughs> So, <laughs> undisclosed location I'm reporting to you from. <laughs> so, doing I'm doing some market research for our uh, buddies in the Kenya country. <laughs> <laughs> doing a, I'm going to do a thought piece later. Don't worry. <laughs> my plan is through my travels in the area to ask how many Stanley Cups the Hurricanes have and who was on that team, and we'll see. I'll report back. Let's see who gets it right. Last, oh. Let's see. Let's see who's on the team. Oh, man. He's <laughs> developing a fan test. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, I, all right. I will say that, like, even though I'm kind of taking a stab at him jokingly, like, there's a lot of fan bases, I think, that can't pass that. Absolutely. Like, Absolutely. If you, and, and I'm, it's like a little bit of a bit, I'll be honest, but like, to some extent, I'm willing to bet if I go to PPG, you know, at some point in the next month and go, like, Hey, when was the Pens last Stanley Cup? Can you name 10 <laughs> players on the roster? Give me five and see what people say. You might be hard pressed. I'm sure there I'm sure there's some <laughs> like me who are psychopaths, though I go like, 
oh, I can name the 91-92 team. Like that, I'm, yeah, you're yeah, not yeah, top yeah, like yeah. me. I get it. But like, I'm sure there's some that can't. Well, the Canes one was what, 16 years ago? And the Canes yeah. Cup was 16 years ago. And yes. Yeah, I mean, yeah. they had a different stall. I mean, yeah. <laughs> I know. The hardest part is figuring out which stall brother which was on that team. Yeah, that which team. stall? Which stall did you have, sir? <laughs> the best is that all of them just go. Mark, was it Mark? <laughs> Jared? Yeah. Jared. I don't think he even got an NHL game, Jared. Did he? I don't think. No. I don't, he may have. He may have had like a. I thought he was on an AHL club somewhere. Yeah, I don't think he, he did. He, pl- he played AHL. I know he played for like San Antonio Rampage for a little bit. I don't know if he made it to the big show. Not like my boy Chris Bork. We're both Calder Cup <laughs> champions. Chris <So>. Bork. <laughs> Jared must have been messing around up in the at the turf farm in Thunder Bay, Ontario, or wherever he's from. I thanks, Pierre. I, that yeah. where, <laughs> that where yeah. he's from. They're, they're all from Thunder Bay. Thunder Bay. Turf farm. The turf farm. The turf farm. I was like, the dirt farm. I swear, I swear that's what Pierre would always say. Oh, he must have learned that up on the turf turf farm at Thunder Bay. Stupid Pierre. (laughs) (laughs) That's ridiculous. (laughs) Well, he's not on TV anymore. Not anymore. Yeah, because he's the, (laughs) what is he, the assistant or director of uh, player development? Player development for Ottawa. Ottawa, yep. there you go. Good mm-hmm. on them. Whatever. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> if you if you want to know about like what college, what might team somebody played for, Pierre probably knows it offhand. I mean, he he knew everybody's like history. Might be useful as a GM. I don't know. Could be to know how many goals a kid scored it when he was seven. <laughs> Playing as a might. Might minor, whatever. <laughs> Stupid. <laughs> this guy had this guy had a goal and an assist in the intermission when he was playing Timbits. <laughs> <laughs> might saw nice. Yeah, might saw <laughs> nice between the periods. Yeah, he probably has the data. Think about it. Pierre's already trying to track down like who's the family advisor for that kid in Philly who tried to fight gritty. He's like, that's, <laughs> no. a type of, that's a type of glue guy we're going to need in about 12 years. Philly's already trying years. to sign him. Yeah, Philly's trying to sign him. Gritty's him trying to hire him. They're going to they're gonna start their own gang of street toughs, probably. You know? <laughs> Gritty's like, hey, kid, let's turn to a life of crime. <laughs> and Gritty's probably like, I'm not even mad. I'm impressed. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, uh, what else happened? Somebody scored like 50 goals or something really fast. I don't know. Poppy. Did that happen? <laughs> Poppy yeah, did. That's kind of a big deal. Right? Yeah. He's, he's, he's uh, creeping up on 60, isn't he? Yeah. yeah at 57 or something, I think is what he's at now in and then, 54 games or something. I don't I don't know if anybody else watched um, the Hockey Night in Canada pregame this week, but Kelly Rudy, like they, the panel was talking about it or whatever. And uh, Kelly Rudy was like, I'm going to make the prediction right now. He scores 70 next year. Like he outright said it on, you know, Canadian national television, Hockey Night in Canada. Yeah. You know, and I was like, at first I was shocked he said it. 
But then I was thinking about it. You know what? He probably will. He'll come close. And and Matthews too, like not to take anything away from like Ovechkin or any other guys kind of in that race, like Matthews can do a few things that those guys can't. Like Matthews has a oh, elite yeah. level shot. Yeah. He's, he does go to the net, but like, especially on that Dallas goal in overtime the other night, a lot of people forget like that dude can really move. Like he doesn't, he's not going to burn you like McDavid, but he can really move. And it's like very deceptive how fast yeah. he moves up and down the ice. Kind of like Leon, like Leon's a big body. Matthews, you kind of look at him, you're like, oh, he just looks like he's an in shape hockey player. Kind of just shrug your shoulders and move on. But Matthews pretty damn yeah. good. He's he also American. Like McDavid speed, but he's he he's deceptively fast, though, yeah. And he can turn it on, he can find that gear and get get moving really quick. He, he's one of those like those like long legged skaters that they don't look like they're trying that hard, but they're actually really powerful on their skates. You know, and so a lot of people when they're not if they're not doing well or the team's not doing well, people are like, oh, he's lazy. He's not he's trying, trying hard. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But then, but then you'll watch highlights of him just blowing past people and not even working hard. Right. Like when McDavid skates, you could tell like it's a very like powerful motion. You could tell he's putting a lot of force in the ice. You could see it. Yeah, you can see it. With Matthews, it's, it's different. Right. Like it's, it's in a different way, kind of like Jack Eichel. I know what you mean, because they both kind of yeah. skate a little more standing up almost. Like Eichel's a little different in his movements, but I know what you're talking about because you watch kind of Eichel go down the ice and you're like, that dude like doesn't look like he's doing anything. He's just like, <laughs> it's like in, in Eichel too, it's such a weird, almost unorthodox kind of skating motion. Matthews is a little more smooth, but Jack looks like he's sitting in a recliner. When he's yeah. skating, like, yeah. you're like, like a lazy like, we, boy, like we always <laughs> tell the kids, right? Like if to be better skaters, like get your butt down and like, you know, get low. But he literally does it. Like he looks like he's sitting in a chair skating. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. wild. Yeah. It's kind of bonkers. But Matthew's like comparing him to the, the obvious comparison is Ovechkin, right? Because he's sort of at the end and, and near the records and all that stuff. Completely different players. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. Completely different players. The only, he, the only thing that I could kind of like, I wouldn't even call it a straight comparison. Like their shots are so elite. Like it's just that those two guys have a shot at another level. Their hands. And, and for different reasons, obviously. Their hands are so fast. Like they, uh, so, you know, my, my Aussie friend that was living here, right? Yeah. So when he first started watching hockey and like he would come over and watch and I would usually have Washington on, he said, I unprompted, he said Ovechkin has the fastest hands of any athlete that he's ever seen. You know, and he's a big cricket guy, baseball guy, Aussie rules football guy. Like, um, so I was, I did, I never thought of it that way. But then when you watch and you kind of, try and find that there's so many plays where you know pucks come at him very quickly whether it's passed or not and he's just able to get his stick on it and get a good sh good hard shot on the four yeah. by six and it goes in so i think that's something that we don't really think about like as players i mean we all know how to stick handle well 
Well, we we, we know it. We know how well, in our head. Well, we 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 can imagine stick handling in our head. <laughs> Doesn't always happen in front of us, but we 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 have an idea of what's going on with stick handling. So <laughs> when we see people who are really good at it, <laughs> then it doesn't really click to us. It's like how much their hands are really moving. I mean, we we. Yeah. I know if I if I'm watching Patrick Kane doing some oh. some like warm up stuff, or what, I'm looking at his blade. I'm looking at like the bottom half of his stick and where the puck is, and not his actual hands. But yeah. if you ever stop and like watch what they're doing, like with their upper body, I mean, yeah, I could totally see that as as somebody who's not necessarily uh, like paying attention to the game or watching the game a lot. If they're just watching what a player does for the first time or for whatever early on in their their hockey watching i i could totally see being really impressed by just the movements that the actual person is making that that that's a that's an interesting way to think about it though you know yeah. you don't really think about it like that a lot and and one thing that like separates all those elite guys too like you look at like guys we play with or against or however like and you're kind of like man that dude's a really good stick handler but at the end of the day like you see some guys that are out there and it's like they're chopping onions the sound like going up and down the ice i mean like that's the only analogy oh, so i can make bad. towards it yeah that's the only analogy i can make towards some of that yeah. and like you're like all right they're moving the puck up the ice whatever it, it doesn't look great it sounds horrible but like <laughs> especially the nhl guys like even kind of like we were, we were you know talking about like ryan reeves and uh you know some of those characters like when you watch those guys do certain motions like they do, let's say hypothetically, like the same thing I do, but it's a, it, it's way more fluid in everything. And then you watch like kind of like the elite guys where we're talking about like Matthews and Kane and those types of characters. It's like, oh my they're gosh, like it's a different they're, level. They're freaks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Think about like, yeah, like a guy that only gets, you know, four to six minutes a night in Ryan Reeves, his stick handling is compare you know everything's relative right so compared to yours as an amateur that plays <laughs> once or twice a week right and and he's a hockey player that gets paid to play uh he's on the ice every day for the most part unless they have you know off day or whatever but he's on the ice every day he has all of the uh coaching resources available all the training facility resources available to him and you know whether they take full advantage advantage of it or not they're still in that environment and so just naturally they're going to get better you know yep. over time mm -hmm. whereas you know we're you know slobs coming out once mm -hmm. or twice a week right if we're lucky twice a week um and having to play a game where we might not see the puck that often in a period right so mm -hmm. you don't you're not getting your touches you're not you're not getting to handle the puck that often. So, you know, it's it's a completely different world for those those guys. Oh yeah. Have you seen McDavid warm up? Yeah. Oh my god, <laughs> yeah. man. He's so fast. Can't even follow it. Can't even follow the puck. You're like, holy crap. I was I was watching like the same. I mean it's it's funny you mentioned that. Like I was watching the like they do that ISO cam before and just mm. watching him kind of whiz around in warm up. Like cutting on his edges, digging into the crossers a little bit, 
And like, I kind of like was thinking in my head, like, I know for a fact I do nothing in warm up. Like I, <laughs> I don't even think I make a full figure eight around our own side. Like I go to the center ice to kind of stretch, shoot the shit. I may go shoot on the other goalie just to be an asshole. That's like about it. <laughs> like, and I'm like, I was like, and I was sitting there, like I was watching it with my girlfriend and I was just like making the joke. I'm like watching him warm up. It's making me tired. Just thinking, like, what are you doing, Connor? And then the game starts, and he's like, like different gear, obviously. Yeah. But like, I was kind of like thinking about that more and more. I'm like, oh yeah, it kind of makes sense. Jeez. Guys always <laughs> give me shit when I go out to warm up 15 minutes early. That's when I touch the puck the most. <laughs> no, you know, yeah, people are gonna they're gonna they're gonna chirp you and they're gonna rib you about right. that. But if the ice is available. Take advantage. Take it. That's what yeah, I do. Because right? you don't have ice at home. So, oh, you know. Yeah. <laughs> green biscuit only goes so far. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. The green biscuit. <laughs> I like green. going out there and just, I just shoot as hard as I can. And then the, the, the first shot has to hit the glass. And then I know I'm going to, and then I dial it down a little bit and then I start shooting low. Make a loud noise. Yeah. Right? I just got to, yeah. yeah. And then look around, make sure everybody heard yeah. that. And like, yeah. yeah. Right. <laughs> no, like I, I have like, I've fallen into like a set warm up routine. I think like I'll come out, I go to the bench, drop my other stick off, and then I'll like, I'll try and do, um, I forget what we used to call it in practice, but like you skate the zone. So you just do like crossovers, like, a big circle through the zone and that it just kind of gets the heart going and then i just try and make sure i could feel my edges and then i go like lean on the bench <laughs> I, yeah. I hardly ever shoot on our goalie for warm-up oh no like, hardly ever just, shoot on no. our goalie for warm-up like <laughs> i made that mistake yeah twice <laughs> it just it just uh reduces everyone's confidence i think yeah <laughs> And when I do shoot on the goalie, I just shoot right at his pad. Oh, mm -hmm. good save, bud. They move out of the way half that's, the time. We've talked to Goody. That's what you do in warm-up. Yeah. You should shoot it right Gotta give him confidence. Yeah, yeah, and I used to, like, I used to try and go, like... Far down? You know, I, no, no. I'd line up. And then and I'd, silly. Like, I'd, try and, I'd try and hit their right leg pad, their left leg pad, and then go to each glove, right? To try and, you know, help them. I, I would hope, but like these days, I just, I can't be bothered. <laughs> See, I was kind of fortunate, I guess, the last two seasons, because I've actually played with Goody, so I kind of know what he does in warm-up, and I know like yeah. when I'm taking shots, like he'll like, I actually kind of go like glove, like almost hold it out intentionally, so yeah. I like shoot the puck kind of there, like I kind of more just, I understand like, and I've known this for years, but like it's more about him in the warm-up, just like yeah. getting him yeah yep his self kind of like more in the in the zone and then you know midway through the game i tell him he sucks and stuff so like this <laughs> is <laughs> <laughs> just funny we were like joking about that again last night because we played Riggs's team we got consoled they, they <laughs> consolation have, game they yeah. just have mounds of unsolved questions with no consoled. answers <laughs> no, I, well yeah okay you Don't can't say you didn't get your cookies uh. No one on your team got a cookie. Nobody got cookies. <laughs> no one got cookies. <laughs> Not just, even crumbs. John's team was just hoarding all the consolation That's for themselves. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
It's like those people in the winter storms. We just went to the grocery store and took all the milk, eggs, and teepee. We just took it all. It's exactly <laughs> what nothing it was. left. Yeah. There's nothing left for you. <laughs> that's that. Since I came back, that's the first game I didn't have a point. I was kind of disappointed. Oh, that well. sucks. Yeah. You were disappointed. Yeah, I was disappointed. <laughs> disappointed. This guy. You're unappointed. I was unappointed. <laughs> He is a dad. He can make the joke, I guess. <laughs> Let it slide this time. <laughs> oh, but it was the consolation for you guys, but then Daniel's team was in the championship game. Oh. I was a sub sub because there was like five guys out for the championship yeah, nobody game. Nobody wanted to show up. Nobody wanted to show up, so it was a good game, though. We had fun. I had fun skating anyway. Would have been nice if we'd won, but whatever. We only lost by one. Yeah, we only lost by one. That's good. John's about to complain about an empty net, even though it was the game-winning goal. (laughs) (laughs) Well, the worst is someone's like, well, if he didn't score it, it would have been tied. I'm like, actually, that's not 100% true because... Yeah, it is. You scored... No, because they scored (laughs) the empty net. Then you guys went down and scored on the ensuing face-off. So technically, if he just dumped it in the corner like a respectable human, the face-off doesn't happen. The face-off doesn't happen, yeah. and therefore you guys yeah. still have to break it out of your zone. This, this is why this is why time travel movies don't work. Yeah, butterfly effect. Because you're assuming you're assuming that it's linear. It's not. Yeah, exactly. You guys are assuming <laughs> you're, you still. You're kind of goal. making the same assumption, though. You know, <laughs> don't you? Don't you see how this is? Instead of. Scoring the goal and going up by one with 30 seconds left or with 48 seconds left, then you just well, give us the puck. They went up with by two. 48 seconds left. Yeah, to go up by two. Right. To go up by two with 48 seconds left. Yeah. Instead, you would have just given us the puck with 48 seconds left, only up one. I don't know. Still up six skaters to five. It seems like it's still kind of. I would take my chances. A bad idea to just take, not score a goal when you can. I would, I would take my chances making an OFBG team skate the two hundred feet <laughs> rather than Correct. giving um giving up the hundred by having a face off at center ice. The problem about that, yes, it is an OFBG team that has to go up and score. The problem is that they're playing an OFBG team. So yeah, true. Whoa. <laughs> I don't. I don't think we can touch that subject. But Aaron, yeah. I appreciate the fact you're bringing a new wrinkle to the argument. But I'm sorry, my esteemed uh, partner-in-law, the law firm of Rigsby and, and Walker. We we don't need to present anything else to the court. Our our case rests. Yeah, we're fine. Yeah. Rest. My case we rests rest with it. The empty netter was a was the game winning goal. Give it. So give it to the, Give it to the jury. <laughs> You, yeah, you guys, your, your, your hypothetical is really great. I, I like this hypothetical. If it's in the corner, it'd be harder to score. Yeah. What actually happened, though, is that the game-winning goal was scored on an empty net. So we have that. Which is you know, disgusting. Reality. Yeah, that's, that's Reality is that it was be. an important goal. <laughs> There's two be. gross things that occurred on that. One, an empty net was scored. Two, they let it become the game-winning goal. That's just that's gross in and of itself. I go back to my point about scoring on an OFPG team. Not my beer league. It's not what I sign up for every couple of months. Yes, it is. It's exactly right what you score sign up for. No, I don't want to play with cats like that. 
Like I, I, I've been saying this, Briggs and I have been saying this for years. There's a lot of riffraff coming in the league. It's disgusting. <laughs> do something about it. <laughs> that riffraff who scored that empty that goal listens to the podcast. You probably should bite your tongue. Ah, <laughs> uh, he's fine. He's, he's cool. He's, he's awesome. He's, fine. he's a cool guy. He, he knows I'm just teasing him. He understands what's happening. He know he knows it's a bit, <laughs> but I'm serious about it. <laughs> Riggs, our buddies at Minnesota State lost, unfortunately. Uh, I know it screwed it screwed me on the bracket. Yeah, I had I had them beating Denver in the final, and I only got two games wrong in the whole thing. Well, in in the whole oh, tournament, yeah. And what we were kind of like. Did you say one was like your 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 one that was like oh I'm gonna pick an upset? Yeah, so I took um, Michigan Tech in the regional final. Uh, I forget who they. I think they played in Minnesota, and Minnesota did Minnesota things, which you know whatever. Brock Faber decided to show up, and they won. So that kind of like that messed me up, but I had. Every, and I got one of the first round games wrong. I forget which one. But after the, you know, after that and after Michigan Tech, I had everything right. So all the big points rounds, like I was good to go. Hmm. So when Minnesota State went up one nothing, and they were like, they were dominating the game until like the last. I think, I think what I heard on the broadcast, and I didn't look up the. Um, I was following the live box, but I didn't look up the uh, the shot attempts and the shots uh, for the third period because I was just like, whatever, fuck this shit. Um, <laughs> <laughs> they so Minnesota State uh, basically only allowed Denver like six or seven shots through two periods. Then Denver decided to show up with their like seven or eight NHL draft picks, um, and Minnesota State did not have a shot in the last 16 minutes of the game. And Denver rattled off, you know, three goals or whatever it was. Um, it didn't matter. They only needed the two. But, um, you know, it was, yeah, that was tough to watch. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so The thing that kind of sucks about that, too, like you and I were talking about, like a lot of people are going to blame that, unfortunately, on the, you know, the goaltending and whatnot. It's like, well, if you kind of look, they were for some odd reason, when that light switch went on with Denver, they not only started maintaining the puck, but like the quality of shots they started to get, they yeah. were in the right spots where it doesn't matter who you have in net, unfortunately, like you're, you're getting the right amount of chaos and everything else. Like it, it's watching it the game. And I, I don't want to say this, the way I'm going to say it, but because it's going to sound bad, but watching the game. So Denver scores to tie it up and then they quickly score to go up after that. I, it felt like watching the game. It felt like Minnesota state was like panicking a little bit and getting away from what they were doing well, which was not allowing free access through the neutral zone. Like, de- like for the first two periods, Denver could get out 
but they couldn't get in. Minnesota State was denying them the ability to cross the offensive blue line under under control. They could not control the puck on that on those entries. And so every time they would get it out, Minnesota State was right back in their end. So they were, you know, they were out attempting them, you know, 30 couple to not even 20 at one point. They were out shooting them, you know, 20 couple to less than 10 at at a point. And, you know, if you're playing that way and you're getting your chances, some more pucks are going to go in at some point. So Denver gets the goal to tie it up and then everything changed. Like, you know, and then they they score to go up 2-1 and it, it just looked like Minnesota State got away from what they were doing well, which was just not letting Denver, you know, the time and space to skate through the neutral zone and get controlled entries and control the puck in, in the offensive zone. So, and then it just kind of all went to shit. Anything to add, John? <laughs> no, Eric, Eric got it all. Like, yeah, Eric awkward, summed it up. Awkward pause. Pretty damn <laughs> well. So. So, but it, it, it's, yeah. it stinks because, you know, we have a connection with Minnesota State with with Mark Breider, who was, you know, he's the equipment guy on the women's side and he helps out with on the men's side um, frequently. And uh, you know, especially when they get to this time of year. So kind of stinks, but, and also I picked, I picked them. So I was trying to get some free, I was trying to get some free shirts. I noticed this, especially about like, and I don't know why, like it's so, you ever, you ever kind of notice that? Like it's, it's really indicative of like NCAA hockey. Yes. In big moments, but also too sometimes like playoff hockey where like game seven, whatever the hell it is it almost seems like the team controlling the play for the majority of the time, there's a moment or a light switch yeah. that gets turned. And then for no other reason, like it looks and, and granted we're not at ice level, so we can't hundred percent say, but like it always looks like you guys were doing this so well early and it looks like you're not doing any of it at this point. Yeah. Yeah. And it makes you like want to tear guess, your like, hair out. I didn't want to, I didn't want to say it the way that I said it because of what you just said, because yeah, I'm sitting, yeah. I'm sitting here in my basement, watching it on my big screen TV. You know, I've got some chips and salsa or whatever. And like I'm, I'm comfortable. And these guys are living through it. You know, they're having right, like they're <laughs> yeah. they're living yeah. through the moment. And like, like my emotional attachment is so far removed from what theirs is. Like they've they've been working together for years in some Absolutely, cases yeah. four or five years now, you know, trying to get to this point and you know, like what my feeling is about it means nothing like, <laughs> yeah, right? yeah, exactly. I, I know. Like, so it, I, like, it's just I, tough. I didn't want to say it that way, but you know, yeah. well, no, you're right though, John. Like, I mean, <laughs> it's kind of like at some point, you just you realize, hey, we can win this, and yeah, you're something happens. The whole team starts to believe it, and it starts to play like it. And then, yeah, the other team might have been dominating, and then all of a sudden, hey, we if it, it's whoever believes the most that it, when it really comes down to it, at some point, if you believe the most, you can manifest it. This is also the phenomena of the single game elimination, 
right? Yeah. So, yeah. So that, the reason why that tournament is so exciting is it's all single game elimination through every right. round. Um, even in some of the conference, the conference championships have you know best of three in in some of their rounds. So you know you can kind of you know it's you can kind of uh, make the analogy to NHL playoffs at that point where yeah you know game one we'll come back in game two and then game three is it you know whatever yeah um in these single game elimination tournaments like it's all on the line every game like right <laughs> it's best of three periods yeah right every, <laughs> like, every game every, every game, game you play yeah. for two weeks is just you know we got to win today and right. so when when those things start to happen especially in that final game you know they tie it up okay you know we're still in good shape here guys you know that's i i would think that's the message from the coaching staff like you guys are playing well you know they they caught a break here or whatever like yeah it's tied up let's keep doing what we're doing we'll get it back you know that's probably what's happening right and you know then they go up and you're probably saying the same things as a coaching staff and maybe even some of the player leadership on the bench, but it doesn't matter because it's a single game elimination. It's the final, yep. like you've, you've got to where you want to be. And now you're, you know, you were up and now you're down and you got to figure out how to get it back. Like that's a lot. Yeah. I think a few years ago, especially like Miami of Ohio, and I want to say it was they're playing BC. Miami of Ohio when it was uh I for, I honestly forget the year but I know Miami of Ohio was like dominating that game. They yeah. were up like two or three goals like 6 minutes left and then BC started pouring pucks in out of nowhere and then they <laughs> ended up winning over overtime. And it was like are you kidding me? Like what did I just like and you're just sitting there kind of like Rick said like I'm living a very comfortable Saturday afternoon here just watching you know hockey like I don't you know whatever. Like especially this weekend, I I made the thing on like our Discord. I was like, man, this is gonna be an awesome weekend for sports. We got the Masters, baseball opening day. The Pirates are already in last place. This is a perfect <laughs> start, to, start to spring. This is great. And uh, you know, so I like especially seeing that. I was kind of like, man, that's a bummer. But it, it's a I, it's it's a sports thing. It absolutely is. But it like you see it sometimes in like football here and there baseball sometimes but i feel like and probably because we follow it a lot closely a lot more close like i i feel like every time in ncaa hockey or like once or twice a year with the stanley cup playoffs like it's just like this weird light switch every time there there's probably well there probably are numbers to support it but like or not hopefully it disproves it but i always feel like in the stanley cup playoffs everything's opposite so the teams the teams that rode a power play a you know a plus 30 percent power play in the regular season they get to the stanley cup playoffs and all of a sudden they can't can't score score. they can't score (laughs) on the power play anymore right right? and unless you're tampa bay (laughs) yeah i mean right like yeah there's probably yeah the ones that are just absolutely dominant and you know from the beginning like i just it it always feels like everything just turns upside down and yeah i know i know it's not the case like that's not that's not actually happening that's not reality (laughs) it's just watching it and you know it, it just feels that way sometimes so it's it's weird i feel like 
that for a Capitals fan. <laughs> Sometimes, yeah. I mean, like, right. So it's you know with that team, like the last two weeks with that team has been really weird. Like, yeah. it, it they all of a sudden they're beating other play like other playoff bound teams where they were struggling right. a little bit before. Some of it is they got healthy, like Mantha finally is playing Oshi is finally healthy and contributing on the power play so like their power play supposedly is you know in the top five since you know whatever it was beginning of february or something like that i forget what they said on the the tv but um all of a sudden things are starting to click the goaltending is still a disaster so mm. you know whatever but you know it's it's really interesting yeah I was going to say it's it's kind of been the opposite with the pens. The oh. pens are dropping games all over the place. Yeah. <laughs> they are yeah, no longer they clicking. The Rangers back to back like four times, so of course. Oh, <laughs> the Avs back to back. They play the Caps too. That New York yeah. team is a good team. Oh, yeah. Good and team. that and the Rangers unfortunately this year like I remember like in the mid 2000s the Penguins could not beat the Devils for the life of them. <laughs> they were smoking other teams and then they play the devils and they lose like four nothing. And you're like, what the hell is going on? It made no sense. So then I remember like the one year it was actually the Halak, uh, Habs year because 2010, the, 20, yeah, 20, it was 2010 because I was super jacked after the first round. Cause I'm like, Oh my God, the caps were out. Freaking devils got knocked out too. We got a clear run to the, Freaking cup again! This is great. Right. <laughs> they ended up playing the freaking Habs, and that first game, they got all up in Halak's grill too. They won like four or five to one that first game, and then the rest of the series, it was just, it was almost like a boxing match, just like back and forth, back and forth until game seven, and it was like that big build up because it was the closing of Civic <laughs> Arena. I'll never call oh, it Mellon yeah. Arena. It was Civic. It's a Civic Arena, and like it was Game Seven, and you're like, "Dude, this is like almost lining up exactly how the Caps had it." Like, this is yeah. not good. And then we had like 78 uh, shots. Yeah, same thing. It was 78 freaking shots. Yeah. Yep. And like, it didn't matter what you nothing did that in. night. It hit Halak in the freaking chest yep. every <laughs> single shot. I'll never yep. forget it. I remember Dude. like after the game, like I was just like, "Meh." Like I was just like, meh. You can't do anything. You just can't. No, right. No. Yeah. About about midway through the third, you're like, well. And I and this. I feel too like as a Pens <laughs> fan, Danny, Danny could probably can back me up. Like jokingly, how like we were talking about, oh, the power play just dries up. I feel like the Pens never score a power play goal in the playoffs. Oh my god. No. They score more <laughs> shorthanded goals. I feel. In the oh yeah. So, no way. I bet the data is like totally skewed. They're like. Yeah, Pens haven't scored a short-handed goal since Talbot in 2009. <laughs> like, you know, like uh, they've been in the cup like you know 14 times since then. And I'm still thinking yeah. that, like I just I just feel they never score a power play goal in but in the playoffs. But this is this is why five v five is so important in the playoffs. Yeah, this absolutely. Is, this is why if you do look at the numbers and there is hard data behind this. The teams that dominate 5v5 during the regular season absolutely average out to have success in Stanley Cup playoffs. Power play and special teams get you, they get you a long way. Like, I think that was Vegas's problem last year against Montreal. The five and five, it was almost even. 
but the yeah. special teams play, I mean, yeah, they had carry price. So different story, but if they were able to pop in a power play goal here or there, that, that adds up pretty damn quick. Also flower yeah. gave one away, but like, you know, the, those are mistakes, unfortunately at five V five or bad special team play. So, yeah, we know all about the bad special team play. We call it a power kill in our league, right? That's right. Power kills. <laughs> yeah. Big power kill. I think we should I think we should have the option to decline the penalty. We really should. Like they, like they do in football, you know, we'll just decline <laughs> the penalty. It's fine. No, 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 no. You know? like, it was a penalty. It's fine. Yeah. It's fine. Just put the face off in your zone. Yeah. That's <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> One of our guys in the box of our choosing. Thank you. Yeah, you guys <laughs> have the power kill now. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> well, that'll do it for episode Sydney Cross uh, 87. Another good one in the books. For those of you that made it this far, thank you so much for your listen. We really appreciate your support. Be sure to keep telling your friends and your teammates about our podcast. Don't forget to keep doing your ratings and reviews and likes and stuff on your podcast platforms. That helps us a lot, too. Quick shout out to the members of the Sunday Night League that the four of us play in. Old, fat, bald guys, hockey league. Another successful season came to a close on Sunday. We're looking forward to next one already. And we're also looking forward to seeing you in Discord. So come on, join us. Here's a lot.com slash Discord. Jump in and join the conversation. OFPG members and Patreons get special access. Just saying. All right, that's enough. We'll be back next week with another episode. See you then.